The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. And it's not Terry Aranga today, it is Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga getting ready for the wonderful Autism One conference. It's going to be in two weeks. I hope you're, or excuse me, next week. Wow. Hope you're all planning on attending. It's going to be fabulous. Today on my show, I have a wonderful woman by the name of Dana Hebermill, and she has had a real life-changing experiences because of her daughter, Bobby. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit today about Bobby's story, but mostly about Dana's story and how her daughter taught her about loving, acceptance, intuition, and the art of allowing what is. Welcome, Dana, to the show today. Thank you, Betsy. I'd, I'd like you to start by telling me a little bit about your mother, because I think this is a really integral role that she played in, in what your beliefs are about life and health. Well, um, most of my life, my mom was sick. She was very sick most of my life, so a lot of the memories I have about her are in between times when she was in the hospital or very sick, and then other times when she was very happy and very much in the moment with us. So she really lived for the moment. I mean, that was a big theme in her life because she didn't have a lot of healthy moments. So when she was feeling good, she was really present. I feel like she was. And she she strived very hard and diligently to give us all the things that she wanted in her life that she didn't have and all the things that we wanted and a lot of them were materialistic, but also a lot of them were emotional. She was always there for us. She was always, she was just always there for us, no matter what the situation was. No matter how bad trouble we got in, she was always, always there. And she always wanted us to be as happy as we could be. Right. Right. Now, I know she passed away when she was only 51 years old, right after you had gotten married. Um, But tell me then how this kind of set you up for the type of mother that you wanted to be. Um, I wanted to be exactly like she was. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I even thought that I would die early like she did. And I I thought I would have the same sicknesses that she did because I had started to experience you know, some of the physical ailments that she had. But I but I knew that I wanted my family to be exactly the same, and I wanted to always be there for my children no matter what. I always wanted to be the person they came to first, no matter what the problem was, the person who could lead them and guide them to be happy. 
and, and especially when we were all together to have happiness. Yeah, right. So now let's fast forward to the birth of Bobby and um, what what did motherhood become for you at that time when Bobby was born? When Bobby was born, I was very happy because I had been on um, fertility treatment for a long time and I didn't think I was going to have children at all. <clears throat> so when we had Bobby, when I had gotten off of the treatments, I was I was really, really happy and she seemed to be totally normal, quote, and thriving baby. And I was I was very, very happy and I wanted to, to be, you know, there for her like my mom was there for me. Um, so I took my three months of maternity leave and stayed home with her and bonded with her and then it was really hard for me to go back to work. Sure. Sure. Ultimately, I didn't go back to work because she started to get a couple of ear infections in daycare, and the pediatricians warned me that if she got too many, she'd have to have tubes. And I thought that was, like, the worst thing in the world that could ever happen to her. So, of course, I quit my job. <laughs> right, right, right. I stayed home and was determined that she wouldn't get any more ear infections, but lo and behold, she did. <clears throat> sure. But ear infections were, like, nothing compared to... <laughs> I know. They were just it was. It was... Nicely moving you into what you were about to get into. So, so developmental wise, then what was happening to her? Well, she, you know, the ear infection started when she was like four months old, and the only developmental problem at that point was she was constipated and she was breastfed exclusively. So, this was definitely a medical mystery that she could be constipated already. So, of course, that meant I had to change my diet more and more and more. And then she also had a little, uh, a bad rash that started on her behind, and it would appear in different areas of her body. It would go and come mysteriously, and no one seemed to recognize what it was. So that had to be fearful for you because your mom suffered from terrible eczema, correct? Yes, my mom had psoriasis. You know, but I, I didn't put it together at all. I mean, I was thinking, because the doctors, well, maybe it's the formula, change the formula, and, you know, so we changed around with the formula. Then we started to introduce solid foods. They thought, well, maybe the solid food would give her bulk and she won't be constipated. Right. So she literally, I had already started using baby enemas on her between four and six months old. Sure. <clears throat> um, she, and the only other developmental milestone at that point was she wasn't exactly crawling much. She did crawl, but not much. She would just prefer to roll. Right. Okay, so then now let's talk about speech. Did she develop any speech when she was younger? Yes, when she was 12 months old, she started walking and she could talk five words. She said, Mama, Dada, um, yes, good girl, and doggy. And, um, and she seemed to have the receptive understanding of those words because every day at 5 o'clock she'd go to the patio window, because my neighbors would let their dog out at 5 o'clock, and she'd go, doggy, and then she'd walk away and go, good girl, <laughs> and if she did anything, she would say, good girl. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. And it was crystal clear. Yeah, right. So so what was next? What was the next thing that, that happened for her developmentally when when she had her immunizations? She had her, yeah, she had her MMR. Which at that point, that was in 1999, and uh, a lot of my friends had begun talking about people, their children and children, friends of theirs, who after they got the MMR 
fell into autism, and I was really scared to let her have that particular immunization. I mean, I had no clue about the whole history of the immunizations, but anyway, within that month, she completely lost those five words and started to be somewhat frustrated, but mostly just she screamed was her way of communicating. Right. And my pediatrician, luckily, my pediatrician was not at all opposed to having her evaluated, you know, the whole gamut right. of the, you know, the testing her hearing and the PT and the OT and the speech. So what was her diagnosis? At that time, it was uh, language delay, speech delay. Right. That was it at that time because um, she was still, you know, 18, 15 to 18 months old. So they didn't exactly – they were concerned that at 12 months she only had five words. That was their first red flag that they were concerned she didn't have 25 to 50 words. Right. So they didn't exactly give her diagnosis, just a delay. So what, were, what was the pediatrician and the developmental pediatrician wanting to do to help all of these things? Well, at that time I only had a pediatrician, and she wanted her to go into be evaluated and then follow the recommendation of the evaluation, which was to have speech. I think it was once or twice a week. But she was really, really young at that time, you know, 18 months, something like that, 17 months, 18 and 19 months old. Um, and so we started speech therapy. And it was at a hospital, and there was a two-way window that I could observe the, the sessions in, and it was very painstaking. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can still remember watching the screaming going on with Joey when he was in speech therapy back then and, and how sick he was and how much he would scream. So I, I know exactly what you're feeling with all of that. So um, at what point did you go to a developmental pediatrician? After we moved to another state and I was pregnant with another baby, and after the baby, that other baby was delivered in about two to three months, she was reevaluated by psychologists and the whole gamut again, and then we started the, all the therapies, uh, you know, probably within another month or two. And what was your feeling towards medication at this time? Well, that wasn't even that wasn't an option yet. When, once we got a developmental pediatrician on board, she wanted to um, put her on a antihistamine that could serve as an anti-anxiety medication. I was very opposed to it, but I was willing, I think that I was willing to follow the doctor's orders because I've always been that kind of a person that if the doctor said, then I had to do it. But we didn't, we never did actually try it. A lot of um, the preschool that she was in, the teachers were very opposed to it. That's good. I mean, that they were, they were, watching out for her and that. But you did start doing a lot of other type of um, other treatments, like um, you were doing yeast elimination diet and you were doing some, some basic stand, standard DAN-type interventions. Right. We went to a developmental pediatrician who was the closest thing to a DAN doctor around where I lived, although she was pretty notable, you know, in our area, reputable. Um and she, at that point, she gave us a formal diagnosis of severe oral and verbal apraxia, sensory integration dysfunction, and um, severe const- chronic constipation. Right. And she um, started us off on this protocol where if we didn't have a bowel movement every night, 
then the next day we'd have to do an enema. And, and every day we took a certain dose of mineral oil, and she wanted a lot of fiber in the diet. Um, but she was very reluctant to give, to let us do anything that was on the Dan protocol per se. Right. Um, and I would come to her all the time, and, you know, I heard about the B12 shot, and I heard about chelation, and I... Oh, I'm sure know, she loved you. <laughs> she like, when I came in, she asked me, who's taking care of you? I said, what do you mean? She goes, you need to see a psychologist. <laughs> and she didn't want to um, let us do any of those things, so I went to my regular pediatrician. I said, you know, I heard that the B12 shot sparks language. Can we try it? And she and she would write me a script, and we tried the B12 shot, and we tried. And this pediatrician, this developmental pediatrician, she finally did break down and let me do the hair analysis and, uh, I think, a fecal metal. And she said they were all fine, and we didn't need to do any of that. But I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good about her telling me we didn't need to do that because I felt like we needed to do whatever was available. Sure. Definitely. And and so but and you even started looking into some more natural things to be doing at that point. I mean, you were what I mean, as far as diet is concerned, did you you heard I mean she was she was a real some somewhat of a picky eater? She was somewhat of a picky eater in that she didn't eat kid food, like she didn't eat macaroni and cheese and she didn't eat pizza. You know, she ate her fruits and vegetables and chicken and you know but not necessarily chicken nuggets. Um, and good. go ahead. So she, that's good. So she was she was knowing what she needed then. <laughs> yes, Lombi. I was all worried that she wasn't eating pizza and everything Isn't else. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> I had no child. idea. And I even had her tested by an OT to find out if there was some kind of issue in her mouth that why she wouldn't eat like other kids. But she ate. You know, she 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 did eat. Um, but, yeah, the doctor did put us on this yeast elimination diet because we did find that she had high levels of yeast, and that diet was absolutely no sugar. It's hard to do. Yeah, basically she ate, she was allowed to have bacon, uh, turkey bacon and pears because this doctor said that pears were the only fruit that the yeast didn't thrive on. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, let's talk about what what. Bobby started to accomplish after Dana took a different turn. We'll be right back with Dana Hebermill. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. 
Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virostop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymedica.com. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. If you've tried everything on the market and can't seem to get the radiant results you want from your skincare routine, it's time you stop shopping and start listening. Skin Health Today will help you take charge and start making smart choices for a lifetime of radiant skin and positive self-image. Join host Celeste Hilling and her esteemed panel of experts every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Skin Health Today on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, it's actually Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga today getting ready for Autism One next week. Um, I have with me guest Dana Hebermel, who is a mother of a girl who has had a remarkable story. And I, I just I love Dana's story because I think it just really hits with so many different parents, especially as we start to talk about more as to the ways that of Dana's acceptance and, and, and working and ultimately Bobby's um, uh, dare I use the word recovery? You know I don't like that word, Dana. So I don't. I won't. I won't say that word. But uh, her her tre- tremendous um, growth. Let's say it that way. Um, so you're you're now you're living in Atlanta. You've got a, you have a bunch of doctors that you're taking um, Bobby to. Is that correct? Right. Well, the developmental pediatrician felt that we had a good prognosis as long as we followed her recommendations, and that was to see every specialist in the area. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do her therapy and do her enemas, you know, and her right. mineral oil. And um, we, so we did. We went to, like, two neurologists. And we did the, all those, you know, those tests to see if her brain, if there's anything wrong with her brain. Went to an allergist, an internist, a geneticist. We went to a play therapist. And everything, they all said she will be fine. Nothing is wrong. She has no allergies. She has... You know, she can stay on her same diet and just go to the bathroom twice a week. That's perfectly normal. She's perfectly normal. Um, and they had no final explanation of why she lost her speech. And, of course, none of them wanted to hear my theory about the immunizations. They just wanted me to come back in a couple more years and retest her again. Let's see how she does. But we did go to a play therapist um, that this doctor recommended that was a Greenspan specialist, and she... She was very helpful and insightful because she truly 
saw the frustration that my daughter was growing into as she got older and realizing she's not able to communicate back to us. So is she the is she the one who recommended Dr. Hicks to you? No, a friend of mine actually that I met at a therapy clinic recommended Dr. Hicks to me. You know, a lot of times moms are sitting in that lobby for hours. <laughs> I remember it well. (laughs) Yeah. And this one mom, I don't know how we struck up a conversation, but she noticed how happy I seemed to be, and so she wanted to talk to me, but she didn't know that I was on, like, five meds. One was (laughs) anti-anxiety and and anti-whatever else. And so I was way more happy than she was because she wasn't on any meds. Oh, that's a great story. Oh, and so tell me, so then what did she say to you that as you started to talk? She said, well, well, we became friends and we went to coffee one day and she had seen Dr. Hicks and she wanted to share with me all of her test results. And we had also been to the same developmental pediatrician. We've seen some of the same therapists. So, we, you know, it was interesting conversation for us and definitely shoulders for each other. And she was so happy with Dr. Hicks and that he was doing all these scientific tests. And so we sat down at this coffee house one day, and she literally walked me through all of these tests. It must have been 20 pages of tests. And the whole time I was sitting there like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. I mean, I'm, but I'm glad that was working for her. I was so glad that was working for her, but I was like, you know, I've already done all this other stuff. I, You know, why do you... Why do you want to tell me about this? You know, and she felt that Dr. Hicks would be helpful for me and that the diet would be helpful for my daughter. And I totally did not want to hear it because I had these other ten doctors tell me. The last thing you needed was another doctor. Yeah. Why would I need another doctor when I, oh, my God, I got second opinion three times that said, (laughs) no, 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 no. She's going to be fine. You don't need to do that. So anyhow, she called me one day and said, Dana, you have an appointment with Dr. Hicks tomorrow at 11. And I said, what? I'm not going to see. I'm not running all those tests. And she goes, what's too late? I've already made the appointment. (laughs) I was so furious. I didn't even know this story. This is hysterical. So keep going because I've enjoyed it. (laughs) Well, she, so uh, here I was. I'm like, all right, she's already done this thing. You know, I'm going to have to see it through. So I went and I had my little two tests that this one doctor ran for me, right, my my hair, heavy metal hair, and my fecal metal. So I go in to see Dr. Hicks, and he was a very nice man, very kind of quiet. Yeah. My initial impressions. <laughs> um, and he looked at the test, and I'm like, okay, you know, my friend sent me here. Do I really need to do this GFCF thing? And he's like, don't know. And I'm like looking at him like, what do you mean? She thinks you're God. You ran 20 tests on her kid, and you're going to tell me you don't know? And he goes, don't know yet. Let's, uh, but she does need to detox. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, she's not getting the metals out. You know, he's reading the test that this other doctor ordered, and he's telling me that the other doctor misinterpreted it, basically. And I'm like, we went to a very reputable doctor. She told me, da 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 da. And he's like, well, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but as this test, you know, this test is clearly indicating to me that she's not getting those metals out, and we need to get those out. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do? And he goes, don't know. <laughs> What's this the answer for everything? He's like, we got to run some tests. And I'm like, seeing those 20 pages of tests, thinking, oh, God. 
So he goes, and I'm going to start on a couple of supplements. And so I'm like, okay, great. You know, how much is this going to cost? Right. You know, you'll get the bill. You know, don't know. Um, so then he looks at me after the appointment. I hear him drinking coffee with cream in it, you know. And he can tell that I'm like a wreck because I'm shaking. And right. I, I think I had trouble staying on task. And he's like, at the end of the appointment, he says to me, and we have not talked about me. We've only talked about, you know, this stuff. He says to me, he looks me in the eye, which he's very, said few words up to that point. He looks me in the eye and says, when you're ready to get off your meds, I can help you. And I nearly dropped my coffee on him. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You want me to get off my meds so I can be suicidal, break plates? <laughs> and he goes, and you may not want to be drinking milk in your coffee. <laughs> what? <laughs> I remember walking out of that room like, oh, my God. This is the doctor she wanted me to see. But then at the same time, there was something about him. I mean, he listened to me. He didn't take offense right. at anything I said. He he could tell I was concerned. Right. And he didn't say the standard answer everyone else said. She'll be fine. He said, I don't know. Right. Right. Wow. That's big. Okay. Yeah, because that was not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear you don't have to do that. <laughs> exactly. Don't we all? Uh, so this this story is very compelling, so keep going. You're doing great. So tell me then what happens next. Oh, then I got the big box of supplements in the mail. <laughs> then I called you, and I'm like, how do I get my kid to take all of these? <laughs> no, really, what happened next is she was in speech therapy, OT, and PT. She almost immediately got discharged from PT. When she, when we started to implement the diet, you know, some some sense of guilt came over me, and I decided we, we originally only put her on the diet out of our family of four, and I just couldn't live that way. And I knew, I knew at that point that I was going to trust this doctor, which I had no trust in any doctor yet, and I was going to have no guilt. And I made this conscious decision that we were all going to do this together. And if there was anything that I was going to cheat, I was going to allow her to cheat, but no one can come into my house and not abide by our guidelines. And that's how we were going to live. We were all together and doing this together. And I think that's, you know, leftover feeling from my mom. Right, exactly. So we did it all together, and very quickly she made leaps in OT. She got discharged, I think, six months after our first visit with Dr. Hicks. And she began to make leaps in speech where before she was really making no progress. Um, she literally had to relearn every sound of the alphabet. How were her bowel movements at this point? Um, you know, I, that's a, after we did the, um, the glutathione IVs, we did four. So that was four months into the treatment. Her bowel movements started to, she was less constipated. Mm-hmm. For um, I mean, I think the diet on top of that, I think that somewhere along the line they say you need a three-month window. Right. But I think where I noticed it was when we stopped doing the IVs that she was becoming more regular, and I wasn't using enemas at all. Okay, great, great. And the rashes that she had disappeared um, once a month into the diet, GFCF diet. So um, wh- where is your trust level at this point? Wh- what are you feeling like? Are you feeling like you're following your own intuition here? Are you feeling comfortable with 
Dr. Hicks at this point? Are you feeling like you're still needing to search for answers? What's going on with you emotionally? Well, I trusted Dr. Hicks, though I quest I still questioned because, of course, um, you know, I was still hearing about different things that other people were doing that he wasn't necessarily telling us to do. Oh, sure. You know, like the, things that your friends' were, kids were on, but not not Bobby. Right. Like, well, some people were doing, you know, no sugar at all and um, specific carbohydrate diet. That was a big one. Um, and they didn't, you know, he, he didn't give me the answer I was looking for, and that was, yeah, go do it, <laughs> you know. Right. But I trusted him. Um, but he did give me a crazy diet, the um, the allergy elimination and rotation diet. And um, so I think that was a very difficult diet because, it, as it turns out, she was allergic to 30 to 40 foods. Right. That, you know, of course, we had already gone to an allergist, and that scratch test came back. She wasn't allergic to anything but we did this blood test, and she was allergic to all these things that I had to eliminate out of her diet, but yet maintain uh, this four-day rotation. Right, right. And at that point, I think I probably turned. And I, and because that was so difficult to do, and none of my friends were doing it. Nobody, very few people I knew personally were doing that. And it seemed so incredibly difficult to do. I mean... It, you're talking about making a four-year-old acquire a taste for lamb. Right. And um, every other vegetable, all kinds of green vegetables that nobody around me was eating, right, um, and yet still have a, this don't eat the same food until day five. Right. And it was very difficult. I was very mad. But I think that's when I turned and I and I had complete trust. Um because, because you know, I, I think that I feel what happened to me was I had to have a breakthrough, and that was my breaking point financially, uh, emotionally, physically. It was so difficult to do, but we started to see so many improvements in her so quickly. And right. every therapist that we saw after that point of that we had um, implemented his whole protocol, every person that we crossed paths with, noted to me how incredibly fast her progress was. Okay, we're going to come back. When we get back, we'll talk more about where is Bobby today and where is Dana today. We'll be right back with Dana Hepperville. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today 
today at www.enzymedica.com. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health and Wellness. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. It's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga today, and my guest is Dana Hevermill. And if you're just joining us now, we've had a great very interesting conversation about Dana's work with her daughter Bobby and how, um, you know, I really wanted the show to be about the emotions behind all of this because there's so much emotional play going on when uh, you get the diagnosis and, and what it does to kind of change your life. And Dana's done a great job telling us both the, the fears, the angers, the joys, everything that she's been emotionally feeling throughout this whole piece. So now we're at a point right now in her story where, um, where is Bobby today at, at age nine? Bobby today at age nine, she's in third grade, and she's doing a, a B student. She's at a private school that is a considered a mainstream school, and she she has been GFCF, allergy rotation, <laughs> low sugar diet supplement regimen for four or five years, and today she's no longer GFCF or concerned about eating um, offensive allergy foods. And she takes very minimal supplements. So great. And she is a delight, let me just tell you all. I saw her, when was it? When was I there last? Last summer, was it? I don't remember, fall? It was last spring, right around Easter. Oh, was it that long ago? (laughs) So I saw, yeah, I saw her a year ago. And um, she is as fun and exciting as can be. She is such a delightful child, and so is her sister, who has also had to deal with a lot of immune issues herself. But they are the most happy, healthy, um, better than normal <laughs> little kids that you've ever met. Um, tell me, Dana, about yourself. Where um, physically have, has, has your path kind of led you through, through your own health? Do you still believe that you're going to be sick like your mom? No. That's great. I don't. I'm not sick. I'm off of the five or four or five meds I was on. Um, I don't think that I'm going to have the same um, short life that my mom had. I don't think that I will have the exact ailments that she suffered with. Um, I I am at a point where I am trying 
trying really hard. I don't know that I'm there 100% that I'm trying to let go of the fear of not having 100% control over my daughter and everything she does and everything that goes into her mouth. Sure, sure. And letting control, letting go of, of, you know, the control that I tried to have on my life as well and to just let things come in and happen and let her enjoy her life independently of my life but yet enjoy our life together. Oh, it's so great. I... You know, your story means so much to me, and it's so fun. And um, I have to tell the audience that this this show today came about when Dana had kind of written down her story, and I had encouraged her to write a book about it because it was such a it's such a she tells it so well. But I, I you need to share because <laughs> my favorite part of your outline are the Dr. Hicks's famous last words, and, and the reason I want you to share this is because. Um, I, I, I want, when you, and when you say them, I want you to say why that, that meant so much coming from him as opposed to anyone else saying them. So, I mean, it, it, you know, when, when, when you are so nervous about, um, well, Bobby's not doing this right, or we found out that Bobby had, you know, got this on her, from her teacher or whatever, and he would say to you, so what? <laughs> Tell me, Tell me how that would make you feel. I guess I, that had to piss you off at the very beginning. But what what did what does it mean to you now? The fact that he just really doesn't care about Bobby's perfection in all that she does. Yes, it made me very angry when when I would sit there and tell him I just told off the headmaster of her school and they're not inviting me back. And he said, "So what." And I was really mad, and I, and I said to him, do you understand what just happened here? <laughs> and he would just go, so what? Um, and he would say very blunt things like that to me. You know, if I would say, Bobby, uh, you know, she's having trouble with this, and I can't even remember. And, you know, and he would say, like, oh, she's just a kid. Right. And he would make me very angry. And I would sit and I'd probably spend a minute trying to convince him to get on board with me. <laughs> And he wouldn't move. And it meant so much because his his medical knowledge is so immense that, you know, from that respect, I have so much respect for him, and so many people do. Um, and because he was very realistic. I mean, his responses back were the reality of the situation. I can't change what anyone else thinks or the consequence, you know, what action is going to happen. I can only accept it, and um, and I've got to move on. Right. And in a, in a way, his comments to me pushed me forward. Right. And I trusted them, you know, like I said, because everybody who has a sick child wants a highly trained medical professional to help them. Right. And everyone is searching for that, and I found that with him. And, you know, that's how I think I came to totally trust him because everything he said to do, for me, brought me to another level. It didn't fix, maybe, didn't fix a problem, but it brought me to another level that made us happy, that made us move on, um, and gave us some sense of freedom in that respect. And so I... The things he says are so funny, but 
<laughs> if you let them, you know, he's really trying to help you. Yeah. Yeah, well, and because goodness knows I've lived this to the extreme myself. <laughs> And and all this and all this stuff that you know that's why I laughed so hard when I got your list of of the th- favorite things he said to you such as you know so what don't know we'll try <clears throat> you have ADD which of course he has said to me too um, which he does too so it doesn't matter I love it she's a kid she's lived a lifetime already move on let it go um, you know and of course ultimately she's her own creator which we'll talk about <clears throat> in a little bit too but. All of these things are so hard for us, Dana, because of the fact that we hold on to the identity of being the savior of our children. It just becomes who we are. And it's almost as if we feel it's our role to worry about things. It's our role to be able to... um, you know that we we have to be be scared for them because they don't know to be scared for themselves, so we have to be scared for them. But what he's trying to say, which he he does say in very few words, is it's not our role. Our kids are creating their own lives, and they are creating exactly what it is that they need, and that we we really don't need to be. We need to get off this worry peace and to just allow the answers to come to us. And one of the things, and I didn't know, Dana, if, if you're even on board with what I'm about to say, but I feel that one of the one of the key things that I can do right now for parents is to teach them to understand their own intuition. And I know, you know, Dana is an amazing mother, and I've known her for many, many years, um, and she, her intuition is just really powerful and strong. And But I don't think a lot of parents recognize what intuition means and what what to me the best way to explain it is, is the next logical step it's when you know all the bells and whistles and signs are kind of going off that this is the direction you have to go in you may have it the stubbornness that says no i'm not going there but but your intuition is kind of that turny feeling you get in your gut when when something kind of comes up and it just doesn't resonate with you. And, and Dana, I'm sure you felt it. You saw all those doctors. You saw 10 different doctors. You probably, every time you had to experience a different one, would get that same kind of gut-wrenching, this isn't right kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you find what it is you want, or at least the path that you want, not necessarily, I mean, because you, you don't need to agree with any one person on anything. You're, you're doing your own life. That you just, you feel led. And, and when you can be in touch with that type of intuition, um, you're always going to follow a good path. There, there's no reason for any regrets whatsoever because it is, it is what happens in our past that creates the contrast for what we want in our future. And Dana had a great example with her mom. She she saw what happened to her mom, and she created strong desires that she wanted to live a healthy life, and that's exactly what she was able to create for herself because you are extremely healthy now, and I see you, and you look absolutely wonderful. And, Dana, talking to you today as opposed to talking to you, how long have I known you, six years or when I met you six years ago and, you know, you were probably as 
whacked out by me is I was just <laughs> like, I, you know, I was just like answering your questions, just trying to answer, because you had a million questions. You had a lot of questions, and that is so <laughs> wonderful because it created who you are today. So um, we have to go to another break already, believe it or not, but um, I, I really want to tie this all together with the overall message because um, the, the, all of this together leads up to one really universal message, and that is one of acceptance and allowance. So we'll be right back after this short break. We'll be right back with Dana Hebermill. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hi, it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga. And my guest today is Dana Hebermill. We've had a wonderful show today talking about her daughter Bobby and her life trans- transformations through it, as well as her creating her own life through this. Dana is one of the most amazing people I know and and I feel her message is so important to all of you because she was where many people are today, which is kind of like in this lost fighting world of just um, trying to fix everything and um, she is such a, a, a great example and Dana, can you talk to me a little bit about how you felt you had to fix everything and where you feel with that now? Well, for, for so long, you know, I, I was trying to find a doctor who would 
let me do everything under the sun, every therapy, every test, every diet, every whatever that was available because I certainly wanted to fix this apraxia. I wanted it to go away. And more than that, I didn't want anything else to come in because they all told me, you know, beware of auditory processing. That would be a big problem. The prognosis wouldn't be as good. You know, beware of all these things that could potentially happen. So for a long time, I was looking. I was, you know, I had to fix my daughter that something had gone so terribly wrong with her um, that could potentially get worse, and I, and I wanted to fix it. I wanted it to go away, but I didn't have the means because I didn't have, you know, I could get the therapy. That wasn't that hard, but I couldn't get all these other things. And then I found Dr. You know, Dr. Hicks came, and he had all those things. <laughs> so I did all those things, and I thought, yay, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this. Um, and I don't know when it happened, but at some point it became clear to me that we weren't going to fix anything. You know, she was going to be who she was. There was going to be, quote, residuals. Mm-hmm. You know, you could lose a diagnosis, but you're the person you are. You know, there are things about you, there are little quirks about you that are not perfect. And so she was, you know, going to have some things that weren't going to be fixed. And at some point, and I don't know exactly when that was, I realized that we needed to live a healthy life and we needed to be as healthy as we could be because our bodies were getting healthier. And she was healthy and she she was prospering. She could communicate effectively with others. She didn't have the rashes. She wasn't constipated. She was not a frustrated person. I guess it was probably when I realized she wasn't frustrated, but I was. Because, <laughs> you know, did we get rid of all the yeast 100% and it's never going to come back? No. You know, we couldn't fix every little thing that was wrong. But when she was so happy and doing so well and trying so hard to be proud of herself, yeah. I think that's when things turned. And I'm sure Dr. Hicks has something to say. <laughs> no. I, I, well, I think what he would say is she changed because you changed. Because it was very interesting as I was at conferences last week about um, Joey and his progress. And, and, and really it was a psychologist that was pointing out that every change that Joey made happened at a time when I was doing better about myself feeling better about myself. And although all the biomedical stuff and the diets are all extremely important, there is nothing more key to your child doing well than your acceptance of your child. Because you've you've seen that, Dana. You've seen how Bobby has picked up on when you've been um, more worried about her and concerned as to when you were really just letting it anything happen, whatever needed to happen. Yeah, she, it's like she stagnates in that spot where she is. And with the more that I worry about it, the bigger the problem. Right. Or another problem comes up. And, and, you know, when I realize that she's doing well, she starts to soar. And, and these are the notes that I'm getting about her today. Her teachers write to me that she is soaring. Um, and she, she can feel, feel herself. You know, and feel her own confidence, and not not her problems for me or problems for me. Do you feel the need to have any regrets? No, oh no. And that was a that was a 
promise that I made to myself early on that I would have no no regrets that you know I wasn't going to do anything behind her back that I would regret and I wouldn't um I would only do what was in her best interest right. so you know I, I had to get to a point where I had to let go of doing everything under the sun because it wasn't in her best interest as Dr. Hicks had told me she had already lived a lifetime right you know in all the therapies that she had and how much happy she is. And then tell me just a little bit about Bailey, too. Now, Bailey is Bobby's younger sister. How, they're two and a half years apart. How They're are, two years apart, exactly. Yeah, okay. And and how has Bailey come in through all this? Well, um, Bailey did everything that uh, we all did it all together. And, you know, we did all the same testing on Bailey. And it's it's kind of mind-boggling that her testing is almost identical to Bobby's. Right. Yet she had no developmental delays that we know of. Did she get the MMR? No, she did not. She did get her immunizations at age two. She got caught up to the chicken pox. And um, our pediatrician didn't want to give her the MMR. Um, and, and our pediatrician is the one who said that we should wait to give her anything. So... You know, I, I certainly think that was a factor, knowing that her makeup is almost identical to Bobby. Right. right. So essentially the chicken pox saved her. An <laughs> <laughs> actual virus that uh, that, there's, that w- creates yet another need to give a vaccine in so many other pediatricians' offices. So, so that's amazing. That's really good. But... Their relationship is incredible. I mean, I, I see the two of them together, and their love for each other is just like nothing else I've ever seen. They are very close. And, you know, I, I really wanted that. My mom always wanted that for us, and I want that for them. And they've been, I mean, Bailey's lived through. She she was brought up in a therapy clinic. Her first steps were in a therapy clinic. <laughs> the first time she tied her shoes were in a therapy clinic. And I think the first word she said was in, a, in front of a therapist. <laughs> She's very supportive of Bobby. Bobby's very supportive of her. And, um, right. Yeah, she realizes a lot for her age, I'm sure. You know, it is funny, though, when I think about the same thing with Joey's twin sister, Mia. Um, I mean, that that was my one-on-one time for, with my other children, was when Joey was in therapy, I could give that one-on-one attention to my other children. So it doesn't surprise me that those are the times when you're kind of in a release mode and you're kind of really giving them the attention that you want to be able to do, but you're so caught up in so many other things. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to say, oh, just allow and let it be and, um, you know, all of, not try to fix it when we have children now that are doing so well. And, but the thing is, is, you don't everyone that's listening does not necessarily have to go through what we what we went through. We went through it to create the contrast now because we were both Dana and I were both strong headed, we were both very stubborn and we both needed to really kind of almost fight in order for us to realize that we don't have to fight. Um and, and that's why I wanted Dana on the show today, so that she could help me with that message that I've been giving for for so long about um how much happier our children's lives are when we stop looking at them like they're something that has to be fixed. So, um, Dana, I'm very grateful. Thank you for being Is there anything else that you want to share before we close our show today? (laughs) 
Yeah, she's, I know what you're thinking. Oh, she's expecting something profound here, and I'm not sure where it is. It doesn't have to be profound. If there's just, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Well, I guess you know, I, I, I think that I would want parents to feel the way that I, I want them to feel good about what they decide to do. Good. And feel comfortable with it. And at some point, they, you know, as Dr. Hicks said to me, she has to live her own life. They have to live their own lives at some point. And you certainly are instrumental in preparing them and giving them the tools that they need to be able to get to that point. But it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, and you can't, you can't look back. You can only look forward. Beautiful words. Thank you so much, Dana, for joining me today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Terry will be back with you, I believe, next week. Uh, They might be doing some live broadcast from Autism One. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you. Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.